the star columnists are here, and I mean that figuratively and literally. Sam Mellinger and Vahe Gregorian are here to give us their thoughts on the Chiefs' season, which opened Sunday at Jacksonville, specifically benchmarks for Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, the defense, and other facets of the team. For starters, we set the over-under on Mahomes' touchdown passes this year at 40. Over or under, Sam and Vahe make their cases. Later, we offer a glance back at an eventful weekend of college football openers. There was good news and bad news for fans in the region. This is Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Star sports podcast presented by Big O Tires. I'm your host, Blair Kirkhoff. It's Tuesday, September 3rd. You guys ever um, hit the, uh, the days between dates uh, app or, or on, on the... All the time. Do you? Yeah. Just to measure how many days since mm-hmm. something. Uh, I did that before we came in here recording Sports Beat KC and discovered that it's been 31 weeks since the Chiefs lost to the Patriots in the AFC Championship game. 31 weeks. Uh, it'll be close to 32 by the time the Chiefs open up. Sunday at Jacksonville. So it seems like a lot's happened. In the, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a, a more than active off season that started just two days after the loss to the Patriots with the firing of Bob Sutton and and then everything that came along after that on the defensive side of the ball. All right, but today with Sam Mellinger and Vahe Gregorian here, we are going to use part of our podcast time to talk about uh, some expectations for the Chiefs this year. It's going to be something of the Chiefs prediction segment. On, on the show here. So guys, you ready to make a few, thought, share a few thoughts, make a few predictions about these Chiefs? Let's do it. Is this supposed to be bold or thoughtful? <sighs> Ooh, that's a good question. <laughs> Boldly thoughtful. <laughs> Thoughtfully bold. <laughs> um, it, um, it can be a little bit of both, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I expect thoughtful Real. from you and bold from Sam. <laughs> 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 the wheelhouse that we talk about. <laughs> and me just kind of hanging out in the middle. <laughs> okay, well, we can save that for Thursday night um, at the at the Kansas City Public Library, that little plug where you two will be uh, on stage uh, talking to, to the good folks at Kansas City. Did you notice that also that night, Sarah Smarsh is going to uh, be, ha- has a book signing at the Unity Temple, so, <laughs> so people will have to decide whether to see a potential U.S. Senate candidate in Kansas City or come see some sports schlubs up on stage at the, at the Plaza Library. I, I want to see that Venn diagram. I want to see the Venn diagram. It also includes, I don't know if this would be our crowd anyway, but I think there's a Red Friday Eve event or of some sort of the Chiefs that, that night. Um, so look, I mean, it, it's only gonna be true believers. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I bumped into a neighbor who said she's coming this morning. All right. So That's- we got that going for us. I'm not sure Karen's going to be there. Uh, my wife. <laughs> she, she had a couple of offers, so we'll see. I can promise you, Katie won't be there. But <laughs> I actually think I Cindy think might come. Event. I think that's a sitter event. I think Cindy might come. She said she might heckle us, though. That might be a problem. We'll deserve it. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, so let's let's get this Chiefs uh, projection started. I'm kind of riffing a little bit off of Sam's Mellinger minutes. He predicted the. Uh, Chiefs final record. Go to that if you haven't seen it. We will um, we'll link to that in the show notes. But Sam, let me ask you: When you went down the game by game, did you have a final record in mind, and then you attempted to get to that final record, I kinda, or did you just go game by game and let chips fall where they may? Uh, 
somewhere in the middle, but more toward the latter. Wait, former, more toward the. Uh, I, I just thirteen and three. You had seems, the record in your in your mind. I did, and I tried to kind of retrofit it a little bit, <laughs> but I because there's not a game on the schedule that they can't win. You know what I mean? Like in That's some right. years past, you just look and you're like, oh my god. I mean, they're, they're just, not winning they're, at Denver. Yeah, they're going year. to New England. That's going to be a bloodbath. Like. Whatever, there's no chance. Yeah, at Denver um, in prime time or something like that. There, that that game does not exist on the schedule. But you know, I'm a human being who lives in the real world, so I don't think that they're going to go 16 and 0. Uh, you know, especially with, <laughs> with 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 that many questions on defense. Um, so yeah, I I did end up. Well, am I jumping ahead? If I no, say no, 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 go ahead. Okay, Let's so put it out there. Uh, I did end up drum roll, please, picking them to win at New England. Just because they were, I, I just can't get out of my head how close those games were last year. And I just, I don't think that if you knock on the door that much, I just think eventually if, if you're a good team and you're motivated and you have good coaching and talent, eventually you can break through. Um, that may be the one, you know, that people will look at. And, oh, I'm not sure. But, uh, but I also picked them to lose their home opener, uh, which would be a little bit of a surprise. But I just think Baltimore, you know, what they do well and what they're, said to be focusing on this year is a bad matchup for the Chiefs. And, uh, you know, I guess my theory in reverse, right, about th- they knocked on the door in New England and now I expect them to break through. Baltimore was knocking the hell out of that door, you know, last year at Arrowhead Stadium. Uh, took them to overtime and gave, you know, notably gave Patrick Mahomes his toughest. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean that word literally, just toughest, like physically and mentally game of the season. So I, I think those are probably um, the two that, that would surprise people. The, um, you know, the Bears, um, the Bears game in Chicago late in the season, that just reminds me of the Seattle game so much from last year. Primetime uh, game. Yeah, the Bears are the second best team that, that the Chiefs will play. Uh, next season behind behind the Patriots, and then um, the Chargers in Mexico City, which so, so those are the L's. Yep, those are the three. Those are the three. But I, I really do believe in this team, and maybe the defense is going to be just as bad as it has been the last two years, and you know that'll prove to be naive, or whatever. But I just I really believe in the talent that they have, and I think the changes they made on defense will matter. That that Ravens game last year needed probably the regular season play of the year yeah. for, the for, <laughs> yeah. for the fortune to turn. <laughs> Absolutely. That Remember that? The, fourth fourth, and, nine. fourth yeah. and nine. What, for, for 47 yards or something to Tyreek on yeah. the run to the right, right? With Tyreek yep. continuing to run. And, and as, through as across the field. To do. Across the field, which across his not, arm. Yeah, yeah which yeah. you're not supposed to do. but Across his body, I mean. Yeah. yeah. There, were, there were a lot of great plays in the regular season last year, but that was the most clutch. I mean, it turns out. I mean, yeah, and the mo- specific to a win, yeah, right? The most right. meaningful. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the, the left-handed pass in Denver would also be on there. Just for pure sort of spectacularness, which probably is not a word, uh, the, the touchdown to Conley against San Francisco mm-hmm. was oh, gosh, yeah. Absolutely absurd. I mean, whatever the the 23rd best play that that kid made last year is amazing. Right. You know? Belongs on the top 25 of all time (laughs) great Chiefs plays. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Well, the the Conley one, I think, is the one that's seared most into our memory, probably because Sam found 1,500 words on it. <laughs> yeah. I think and it was, was like 17, but I give, words. You, I give you credit. Oh, you got for, 1,700. Sorry, I didn't mean yeah. to no, I diminish I, your I give you credit for giving me credit for keeping it shorter, but yeah, I think. <laughs> I think, what, yeah, you told the boss it would be 1,500. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. right. Make it jump twice. <laughs> An instant oral history. <laughs> <of it. laughs> yeah. 
It deserved it. It yeah. did. It did. All right. So Patrick Mahomes is a good place to start this. I just I thought we'd go with uh, instead of um, pre- final prediction for the for the season. Sam's already given us thirteen and three. Via you and I will do it a little bit later. Let's let's go with an over under here for Patrick Mahomes, who you know who who set all the Chiefs passing records by about week nine last season with 50 touchdowns and 5,000, almost 5,100 yards passing. Um, I did a little research, and of course, Mahomes was the third player uh, to record 50 touchdown passes in a season. Uh, Tom Brady did it in 07 and Manning in 13. The following season, uh, Brady didn't throw a touchdown pass because that's when he got was injured in yeah. the opening game against the Chiefs. But the year, the, the best year that Brady had after his 50 touchdown pass was 36. Uh, Peyton Manning, after throwing 55, Ooh. amazing 55 touchdown passes in 13, had 39 the next year, and 15, and that was in 14. 15 was his final year in the NFL. So. So I set the Patrick Mahomes touchdown uh, pass over under at 40. Vahe, does he go over? Does he go under? I think he does go over. Um, I think what's really interesting, you've thought of this, I'm sure you may have even said it in as many words by the way you phrased it. Probably too many. (laughs) As many. (laughs) (laughs) Both Brady um, and Manning, were probably in their 30s, weren't, weren't they, when they did it? Or, or was Brady a little younger? Maybe a little younger. Maybe early, maybe early 30s. Maybe 30 or 31. Okay. Like but certainly not their first year as a starter. Correct. And so that that adds a little twist to this. The I other, mean, and Manning was near the end. I mean, obviously. Yeah, it was. was. Third, That's was right. Third to last season. What was the number? Do you know off the top of your head what Marino had? I think he had 48. 48. And that was sort of the operative stat for first year well, as a they, starter? Was that he, what it was? He, he started nine games, I think, as a rookie. Okay, but first full. But he, he had obliterated the record. 48 was like eight or nine more than anybody had ever thrown in this yeah. season. And this was in 1984. Well, look, there's a lot of different ways to look at the reasons this could go over or under. I mean, I think the most obvious, though, is I do believe Patrick will be a better quarterback. I think the arsenal is maybe a touch better. Maybe around him, maybe. I thought what we saw in Damian Williams at the end of the last year was not that much less than Kareem Hunt was producing. I don't know if you would think of him as that sort of explosiveness, but how much the running game is part of this, how much the ability of the, the starting running backs to, right. to catch passes. It is plural. Which we see. Um, but I, the, the little X factor I think of here is how much they're going to think about what the defense is or isn't doing better and how much that plays into any any stylistic philosophical changes they might have on offense remember Andy's first year um 9-0 start I believe mm-hmm. uh starting with Jacksonville yep um on the road at Jacksonville and on the road at Jacksonville part of what was going on that year especially in that streak was they'd get the lead you know 10 point lead going into the fourth quarter then they'd bleed clock Hasn't really been that way, mostly that I remember anyway in, in, in the Mahomes era. Just the games have been stylistically different. I don't know if that makes a difference in how many, you know, will they grind the clock? Will they try to grind the clock more in the fourth quarter? Will there be scenarios that that affects the numbers? Well, I think that's one of the, uh, one of the reasons that they signed LaShawn McCoy. And uh, that, that will uh, have the running back by committee, some fresher legs. Uh, that'll be a question. Well, hold on to that thought. We will have a question on that in just a moment. But may I interject one other sure. quick interjection within your interjection? Okay. 
Um, I was with friends over the weekend, having their, they were taking part in their fantasy draft. And I don't do that. I, I'm not, I just haven't done it. But it was, uh, this is back in Philadelphia area and 14 teams in this league, which is a little bigger league than I guess most of them are. My one friend was astonished that Mahomes was picked early. Like quarterbacks don't get picked early in these things, as I understand the format. But the notion is, the perception is that he is worth X amount more because of that. I just found that interesting. And I, is that actually true? Do you guys have that knowledge that quarterbacks yeah. don't usually get drafted in the first yeah, few picks? I'm, I'm in a super nerdy league. And um, shout out to me for having Patrick Mahomes. But um, <laughs> the, the, the idea is that quarterbacks score the most, but you know an average quarterback will score a lot more than an average running back. So you want, you want to take, run, you know, in most leagues, it's gonna be running backs with the first five picks something like that but yeah, yeah. you know um, because like if, if you have Mahomes you're going to score more than somebody that has I'm just trying like Kirk Cousins Kirk Cousins will score you some points you know um, but can, can I, uh, I I did some fact checking here Tom Brady was 30 exactly like that was 30. his age 30 okay. season okay. Peyton Manning was 37 um, but you know what's interesting about this number and, and you said 40 yeah most of the the sports books are like 36 to 38 and I've seen 37 yeah. and a half for a couple of them um, and I think 40 is the right number. Um, I, I, I do think, and maybe it's hard to know, like we're here, <laughs> we're in Kansas City, are you too close to the forest for the trees kind of thing. But just to put in this into context, I think a lot of people listen know this, but there's only been 13 seasons that a quarterback has thrown 40 touchdowns or more. And and the list of these guys, like I just, I know a lot of people know this, but it, it's, it's an amazing, it's Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, uh, Patrick Mahomes, I'm, I'm going to skip over guys that have done it twice. Uh, Dan Marino, Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, Matt Stafford, Kurt Warner, Andrew Luck. Uh, Stafford and Luck, even though he was on that track, are the only two guys that I would are either not in the Hall of Fame or not going to be, right? Correct. Um, that's a pretty ridiculous list. Even as, you know, the, 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 the explosion of offense and the explosion of pass offense is not a new thing. You know, this has been around for a while, and still, it's just that caliber of quarterback that's gone over 40. And each one of those guys, obviously, has had many, many more seasons under that number than above it. Um, so, you know, I think logically, the sensible number is is under, just because history and history matters. But I think over, uh, because I don't know how many, like, just the the, the physical talent, um, the the context of the coaching. And I don't know how many of those guys, that, that Tom Brady's 50 season, he had Randy Moss, and that was the year that Randy Moss caught a million yards. Yeah, and was, was terrific. For, you know, like, uh, he was amazing. But Kelsey, Hill, Watkins, you know, three running backs who each one of them could get 15 to 20 carries, and, or 15 to 20 touches at least, and you'd feel okay about it. I just don't know how many of those guys are in, in that sort of context. So um, and I, there's so many factors about, like, the defense – um, one of the reasons I think the offense can actually be better, as crazy as that is, is that I think the defense will get off the field a little bit more. There were so many third downs. The other team could have the ball for eight minutes and just bleed it out and, and limit the possessions that the Chiefs would have. And, and I think that matters. Um, but you're right. Like some of it, you remember the San Diego game. <laughs> For instance, the uh, San Diego. I, I, always, love, I, I love calling still, it San Diego. God. I think we should just stipulate that we will always <laughs> yes, refer to the Chargers. I agree. Well, hell yeah. I the, agree. The, the game they played, the San Diego Chargers in L.A., <laughs> uh, he had... Opener. Yeah, he had two, maybe three. He had two shovel pass touchdowns. 
one to DeAnthony Thomas and one to Tyreek Hill, if I remember right. I think you're right. And and maybe another really well, short one. Well, remember he one. opened the, the, the game scoring open, first of all, with the Tyreek Hill long touchdown yeah. punt return. But the other one was the, the, the quick slant that turned into a 60-yard yeah. sprint. Yeah, um, across the middle. Boom. Yeah, the ball yeah. didn't travel. It was a great throw, but the yeah. ball didn't travel very far. There, there's so many factors that, that could make 40 impossible. But one thing, um, and I don't know how much we've necessarily written about this, but part of me wonders if the Chiefs are going to throw 75% of the downs this year and just light it up. You know, the, their offensive line is better in pass protection. It's a good offensive line, but they're they're much better in pass protection than they are in, in, in the run game. And, you know, the weapons they have, all of those running backs um, are, are really good route runners. They're, they're really good, you know, hands. Sean McCoy. Yes. Sean McCoy might be the best one. Yep. And I, I just... I just wonder, you know, Andy Reid is always pushing, he's always finding something new. And I know we're, we're, we're headed in that direction anyway, not just here in Kansas City, but around the NFL. I just wonder if there might be a big leap and, and he might say, you know what, screw it. Like, this is our best chance to win. Like, I've got the reigning MVP as court. Like, if, if I'm playing defense against me, I am hoping that I run the ball a lot, you know, so why don't we throw it? I, I just wonder about that's that. A, that's a great point. And why not keep extending the thinking, right, one way or another, yeah. whether he comes to those conclusions or not. But you can bet he's asked himself, asked himself, asked them those questions. Yeah. Why wouldn't we do this? Yeah. Uh, that's kind of, that's really interesting. Because a part of the, you know, the, the reason that you run the ball, you keep the clock moving. Um, you know, the, there's an old school football thought, right? We've all heard it about when you throw the ball, three things can happen and two of them are bad. But if you have a guy that just threw 12 interceptions in his first year as a starter and you believe in his brain and you believe in his, his study, you probably believe that number can go down and he's accurate, you know? So, so it's, they can call a lot of passes that are sort of run plays, you know, short passes, mm -hmm. swings, all that stuff. So it just, it, it, it lowers the risk and there's a hell of a lot of, you know, potential. It's just a thought I have. And, it, and if that's the way it goes, he might throw 56. One of the things I'm really persuaded is true after talking to a lot of people and studying Patrick to some degree is that the things that the, the naked eye or the superficial glance might say are gambles by him are far less that than, than you might think, Yeah. right? I mean, even that crazy tight window, if I remember right, and I, as Bill Self would say, you might have to check me on this, I don't know how many of his interceptions last year were ones that oh, he just tried to force it in a window. I don't remember many that were like that. I don't remember many at all, of course. Yeah, there but, was one against the Rams was a terrible idea, poorly executed. I, I, oh, I know the one, yeah, yeah. Toward the end of the game. Yeah. And another one was kind oh, yes. of you know, unnecessary. But you're right, like the, the one, um, I think he only threw one against Baltimore, and that was a third and long, and nobody was really open. It was sort of an arm punt. Um, you know, there, there's... Uh, God, I mean, we could probably remember each one of them. There, there were was so it few. 10? It was 12. It was 12. 12, 12. yeah. Um, but the, the one against the Rams was the only one um, that I can remember. That was just and that like, was desperation you, at the end doing? a little bit, right? I mean, Yeah, but it, it wasn't the right time to take that risk. Yeah, yeah, um, but, yeah that's right. The Marcus right. Peters one was, I think he was jostled and was uh -huh. woefully underthrown. Yes, yes, yes. That was just a bad throw. But, but yeah, I mean, for the most part, it was, you're not going to go through and throw none. And, and I, but I did, you know? in my mind anyway, I, I just remember thinking that's where his interceptions are going to come. He's just going to think he can get it in there all the time. And he 
basically does. There was one against the Jaguars, right? That that was. Did you just say Jaguars? <laughs> no, I hope not. <laughs> um, well, now two that are coming to mind: um, the Dante Hightower in New England, oh, where well, he just he kind of oh. got fooled. Great, great, well, in Hightower hid. I remember it was yep. a great yes. defensive play. It was play, a great defensive play, and he just hid, and all of a sudden they popped up like a jack in the box. There was yeah. guys to make the yeah. pick. Yeah. Yep. And then um, there was another one against the Jags that that was sort of a, if I remember right. Uh, kind of a crossing route, and and I can't remember if it was a safety or a linebacker, but picked it off over the middle. And I think that's what you're talking about, right, Vi? That's the interception I thought he would throw eight times yeah, last yeah, season. Yeah. And it, he, I think he threw it once. Yeah. Well, and a couple things. Uh, never under, underestimate the ability of an Andy Reid scheme to uh, prevent interceptions. Sure. I mean, those, these guys are just going to be open. Um, and I just remember Mahomes talk, spending a lot of time in the preseason talking about uh, being smarter, uh, playing smarter. He used the Seattle uh, game yep. as the, the the great example of he should have taken a you know a safer pass instead of a, an overthrow that was, it fell incomplete. I loved how his explanation on that. Sorry, but like, can we just go over it because it was so great. It was great. It I, was he, he. It was a third and five. Yes, and it was like the first series. I think. Yeah, maybe in the first series of the game. And and he could either run it like he he had an angle, um, or Demarcus Robinson was going deep, and he was like. Nine out of ten times, if I just run it, I get that first down. There's a defender there, but nine out of ten times, I could just run it. And he goes, but I went for for Demarcus Robinson, and he's like, seven out of ten times, I hit that, and it's a seven yard <laughs> touchdown. <laughs> but I had to be smarter and just take the run. I was like, this I guy. That. It, was, it was your question. We were yeah. talking to him in St. Joseph, and and you asked him to. to Pick out a play from last season that uh, you know, kind of a do-over. Yeah, and that was the yeah. one that he came yeah. yeah, I took a seven out of ten chance at a seventy-yard touchdown. <laughs> really screwed that one up. Hey, you know, I, I I think I've picked up on something on the edges a little bit, and I don't know when it would have happened, but I do believe he was not as mobile in the last few games of the season—five, six, seven games on into the playoffs. Maybe, maybe a little rest helped him. But I think that might have showed up in some of his calculations, <laughs> ones like that. Yeah. And I, I can't swear to it. It's just been sort of subtly said in, in between uh, the weeds that, that uh, you know, he needed to get healthy after the season. And mm-hmm. I think, I don't know, lower body, some sort of thing, I think was slowing him down a little bit. Yeah, could be. All right, so we, we've covered a lot of Mahomes' ideas here. Let me just put one more out there, and we'll take a break after this. But I also set the over-under for Mahomes' passing yards at 47 47- 50. So how do I reach 4750? Well, there have been <clears throat> 11 players in NFL history to throw 5,000 yards in a season. Two of them were last year, Mahomes and Ben Roethlisberger. In fact, Mahomes didn't lead the league in passing yards. Roethlisberger did. So nine players have, you know, have had a season after their 5,000-yard season. Drew Brees, by the way, has five 5,000. <laughs> Drew Brees, the more I research this, the more amazed I am at Drew Brees, by the way, mm-hmm. uh, who is the career passing leader in the NFL. But so, the, uh, so there have been nine occasions where uh, a 5,000-yard passing season uh, got to accumulate stats the next year. The average yards in those seasons were 4,741. <laughs> so the over-under for Patrick Mahomes is set at 4,750. I'll start. I think he goes under that number. I think he goes over the touchdown, but under the yards. Hmm. 
and I have no good reason except I, I just can't be euphoric over Patrick Mahomes in every conversation. You got to go that we under ever, <laughs> that we it's ever had to show how <laughs> rational you are. Part of this has to do with what both of you guys said so well just a moment ago. I just think that I think the defense is going to play better. I, I think that um, time of possession will be a little bit more um, uh, a more of a focus with with the running game. I think the Chiefs will try to close out games, uh, you know, four minute offense type of thing at the end of games I, that may keep his numbers down at least in that category. Vahe, 47.50 is the over-under. Well, look, a, a couple thoughts on this that sort of relate to what we were talking about before. If you're a, if you're a coach with th- this arsenal, I mean, and you know you can, you can drain the other team dry with long drives or with a 71-yard pass at any time, what are you, what are you doing most of? What, what, what debilitates the other team more, a, a quick flash or a, a long drive? And I'm not saying the Chiefs can just choose and do this all the time, but they can probably do it as well as any team in the NFL, though. Yeah, so they have some choice there, right? And it kind of circles me back to Sam. I, I do find myself intrigued now by this idea that Andy's just going to say, "Yeah, you know what? Let's just do it different than everybody anybody ever did." Um, all my stammering is to say, I think I do think I feel like he'll go over. I just I just do, and it has me thinking back to whatever we thought our our numbers were going to be last year. By the way, oh, I God. think. Yeah. That I thought we think we did tape. (laughs) I'm making the number up a little bit, but I think basically I thought he would throw something like 31 TDs and 19 interceptions last year. It was some kind of ratio like that. It doesn't really have anything to do with your point here, other than you're right. That's it's good to remember that. I had I like 25 and 12 or 25 and 13, something like that. And that would have been like the second greatest touchdown passing year in Chiefs history (laughs) at that point. I I thought it was going out on a limb. This first-year starter can, you know, can approach 27 or 30, or yeah. whatever Dawson had, 30, I guess. It's so silly. I, uh, I'm going to go over on, like, I appreciate your wanting to be, like, rational. Voice of reason. And, uh, <laughs> like, you know. Arms folded. <laughs> realistic. But um, I just, I've said this a million times, but, like, watching him so far has just been, like, this constant battle in my mind of, what I think is possible versus what he's actually doing in real life, which is better than what I think is possible. And so I'm going to go over just based on that and based on kind of what I said. I, I just wonder if they're going to throw the dog out of the ball because they don't have, you know, all three of these running back. Like I, I think, um, and I'm, we're leaving Daryl Williams out a little bit here, but, you know, those three guys, um, they can all run the ball fine, but they're really good in the passing game. And I, I just, everything is kind of pushing that way to just let it loose. And, you know, we, we can get into the weeds a little bit about, you know, okay, that's that's great when you're up 14 or whatever in the third quarter, but how are you gonna grind it out? I actually think that Andy Reid can figure out a way to grind it out through the air, you know, like as, as weird as that sounds, but short passes, you've got, you know, the, the best tight end in the game. That's a big target in the middle of the field. Uh, you know, Tyreek Hill is great. You don't want to throw contested passes in that situation, obviously, but he's great in those. Sammy Watkins is, you know, not a really physical receiver, but bigger than most of the corners that'll be covering him. Uh, I, I think they can they can figure out a way because if you look at like the, the other the other two offenses in the league, um, unless I'm forgetting about somebody, and please tell me if I am, but the the Saints and the Rams are in the Chiefs sort of league. I think I think that's those three and then kind of everybody else. And those two teams have kind of 
you know, it's a cliche term, but like these bell cow running backs and Todd Gurley and his knees, whatever. But, you know, they also have Henderson that they just drafted. You know, they, they can grind it out a little bit. Al Kamara is as good as anybody, um, you know, for the Saints. The Chiefs have three talented guys, but I don't think they have that. You know, there's not Leonard Fournette who we'll see on Sunday. They, they don't have like, you know, Kareem Hunt used to be that guy to be able to just, you know, grind. They don't have that. I think their best way to grind it out might be, you know, let's do a swing pass to uh, Damian Williams. Then let's do LaShawn McCoy uh, on a slant in. And then there's Travis Kelsey over the middle. And then like, I just think that that might be the way to go. And, you know, if I'm right about that, if, if, if they do think that their perfect balance is more like, 70-30 or 75-25 than 60-40, 55-45 that most teams are going with, then I, I think these numbers could just look absolutely silly. Okay. Over, over, under. <laughs> All right. Well, like the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes, we will continue to air it out <laughs> after this break. The biggest tire sale of the year could only happen at Big O Tires, but you've only got two weeks to get two free tires. That's right, two free tires when you buy two, now at Big O Tires through September 9th. Just buy two select tires and you'll receive two free with the purchase of a one-year alignment and tire protection package. That's half off your tires at Big O Tires. It's the biggest tire sale of the year through September 9th only. Buy two tires, get two free. Now at Big O Tires. Big on service, guaranteed low prices. For the location nearest you, go to BigOtires.com. Hey, it's Blair. Hey, we have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners. Unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Stars award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns we have to offer. And it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. For your convenience, your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50, unless you tell us to cancel. A lot of subscription services won't tell you that. They'll just sneak it on there. We just told you. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star. Please visit KansasCity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. We are back with Sam Mellinger and Vahe Gregorian, the Star columnist, and we are projecting the Chiefs season and some individual numbers we just spent an entire segment on patrick mahomes because well he deserved it <laughs> he kind of deserved it That's did it. you guys watch last season <laughs> That's why. this one time last season but yeah there are other positions on this chief's team that might, <laughs> that might play a role in the success of the team and we'll We'll go to running back, um, not uh, not individually, but collectively, um, with um, uh, the addition of LaShawn McCoy joining with joining Damian Williams, Darwin Thompson, and Daryl Williams. I think one of the more interesting questions to answer on Sunday is which one of those guys ends up on the inactive list because I don't think they're going to dress out four plus Anthony Sherman. My guess would be Daryl Williams, sure. but. Um, so my question is, this is yes or no, not over under. Will the Chiefs have a 1,000-yard rusher this season? Keep in mind, in Andy Reid's six seasons with the Chiefs, three times he's had a 1,000-yard rusher, and Kareem Hunt was headed toward 1,000 yards last year before right. he was dismissed. He would have been a 1,000-yard rusher. So, Sam, Chiefs, 1,000-yard rusher this year, yes or no? Uh, I say no for two reasons. Uh, one is I just think they'll split it. I think they've got three guys that, that can do it. 
Um, you never know about injuries, obviously. Um, but I just think, you know, they'll be over a thousand, like well over a thousand, I would assume. Sure. Um, as a team, you know, right? yeah, as a collective, just those three guys. And, and the other reason is just, you know, this, my theme today, uh, I think they're going to throw the dog out of the ball. <laughs> so uh, that means less, less, <laughs> less fewer yards um, for the running backs and more for the receivers. I, I'm in. I'm in on that. I think that's the, the reasoning is the same for me. I think it just just makes sense. And um, th- what what I'm interested in within that is you know where, where McCoy fits into it, it's it's. I mean we we think they're are they are we going to call them co-starters? Not quite. No, but it it was kind of framed that way in in, in a similar way at um, at the news conference on uh, on Monday that you know McCoy's coming into. You know, not to be, not to be the he he started on the depth chart at number two, which I yeah. thought was interesting. Yeah. Already, you know, number two, uh, I, I suspect we'll see him get eight to ten carries a game, and um, and, and, and Damien, Damien Williams maybe similar amount. You know, also, and we made the point earlier that these running backs are, um, in addition to carrying the ball, they they pass protect and they catch the ball a mm-hmm. lot. And so that that can keep a running back's numbers down. However, I, I don't, I can't swear to this, but you know, like I said, three of the six years Andy Reid has had a thousand-yard rusher, and I think in those three years the running back played 16 games. Wasn't the case last year yeah. with Kareem Hunt. It wasn't the case the year that Spencer Ware led him in rushing, and I think Charkandrick West actually led him in rushing one year as well. A playoff team. Yes. Yeah, which is most yeah. Andy Reid teams, right? That's right. Um, so, um, so if you get if a running back gets to sixteen games, uh, maybe, maybe mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna say yes. I'm gonna say there is a thousand yard, maybe like thousand and three, something <laughs> like that. For and I, but I won't tell you which one. Um, it'll be Williams or, or D- Damian Williams or, or McCoy. All right. So, who leads the Chiefs in touchdowns this year? Is it Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins, Damian Williams, Lashawn McCoy? Or other, Sam. Kelsey's probably the chalk answer, right? Um, but I don't like to go with chalk, but I will go with Travis Kelsey. Uh, I, I just, I, I think, think I think that, he led him last year. Yeah, right? it was Win- twelve. I think I was just looking that up. Twelve for him, ten for Tyreek. Actually, I think it was the other way around. I think Tyreek was twelve, and I'll look it up while we talk so to yeah. ensure accuracy. When um, when they get into the red zone, especially when they get inside the the ten, um, it, it that's a big target that is open even when he's not open. You know what I mean? Like I'm thinking of plays like um you remember the 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 touchdown catch in Cleveland as we were looking at it was the end zone on the right side and he ran a slant and Mahomes threw an absolute bullet. And oh, he, yeah. prob- he probably great, threw it it was a great pass. Nine and a half feet above the oh, ground, it was, it was maybe a ten. Pass. Yeah. And nobody could have caught that ball except for Kelsey in that situation. I just there, there's a lot of situations like that. Tyreek Hill is a freak talent. Um, and, you know, much better. He's a better in, uh, red zone threat than I think he's often given credit for because of his size. Um, but I, and, and he'll get the breakaways, right? Like he'll, he'll get five or six touchdowns that are 50 yards plus probably. But uh, I, I just like Kelsey's size and, you know, he just fits what Andy Reid likes to do. Uh, the, the way I have the stats on the phone, don't, don't show the special teams. I can't remember how many uh... – Runbacks Tyreek had for I, touchdown last year. I don't think he had one. I don't think he had one. I don't think the Chiefs had a, a no, the no, first game. 
That's right, the punt return. Punt return of the first Touchdown. game. Right? That's right. And I think Tremont Smith came close. Yeah. Pulled down from behind. Was it New England? New yeah. England. Oh, was it New England? Oh, that's right. It was New England. Yeah. Well, the, the, the overall touchdown, it actually was Kareem Hunt still led them in touchdowns last year with 14. Seven rushing, seven receiving. Interesting. I um, offered running backs as an option here. And yeah. We, and tight end has uh, been taken. What say you, Vahey? Well, I mean, am I, does that mean I need to go with something different? No, no, you can absolutely. Uh, I think the reasoning on Kelsey is good, but I also think that history shows us a little bit. If, if Here's, here's the, the, the odd candidate, right? It's McCoy. Right, if Andy sees him that way, maybe he's not in the in the rhythm right away, but he's a guy with a dual scoring capacity. He had 17 one season; that was a few years back. 13 in another season. Um, I don't. I I think maybe it comes out of the backfield. I agree. I think it, I'm going to say Damian Williams, and only because if you look at the two playoff games last year, Damian Williams had four touchdowns. Yeah. Kelsey had yeah. one. I think Tyreek Tyreek Hill had one yeah. against the Colts. But it was Damian Williams who got in the end zone most often. And I think he had three touch In the three games he started at the end of the season, regular season games, I think he had three touchdowns yep. total in those games. So in, what, five games, uh, seven touchdowns for, for Damian Williams, uh, which puts him on a you know pretty nice pace. Now, the, the McCoy mitigates that a little bit if, if everything goes well. But I think it's going to be a running back that, that leads the, the Chiefs in touchdowns this year uh, for, for those in, in the fantasy world. <laughs> All right, uh, last one in this category. Uh, the Chiefs ranked 31st in total defense. That's yards allowed last year. I didn't, I didn't say points allowed because points includes defensive touchdowns and special teams touchdowns. I think yards allowed is a more accurate reflection of how uh, to measure a defense. And it was pretty bad, pretty bad. <laughs> um, Chiefs 31st in defense. I'm setting over under here at 20. Chiefs rank 20th in total defense. Over or under, Sam? Well, what's over? Is over better? Oh, okay. Um, that's a good question. Um, I think let's just be... say better or worse than 20. Let's just say better or worse. I think worse. I think the, the burden of proof is on that group, even though most of them weren't around last year or the year before. Uh, actually, I, I think they'll be improved. I really do, and significantly. But I still think 20 to 25 is is more likely if, if they could get up to league average if they're talking like 16 or something then 13 oh, and then 3 is oh is gosh. being pessimistic right, right. <laughs> you know, i really I, I really believe that i just there's a lot i also think this um i really do i, I feel this strongly that that the defense is not going to be very good early you know that they've they were always going to be behind new scheme, new coaches, new personnel, and then they've had some injuries um, that, that have set them even further back on schedule. So um, I, I do think that they'll be maybe at or even better than 20 over the last five games, we'll say, maybe which, eight which games, whatever. enough. That's all you need, that's, that's what matters. They're gonna get to the playoffs. Um, but I just th there's too much commotion on that side of the ball, I think, to, to expect them to be better, <laughs> over or under, but better than 20. I, I like that thinking, I, I feel like What's going to happen is that it will be six, seven, eight games till you feel like this is them being as good as this group can be together. And maybe there'll be room for improvement still, but I think it'll be a, a few games that expose some, some issues. I think the numbers will reflect it, and I think that means they'll be worse than 20th overall. But let's hope for their sake that you know they're playing like a top 15 defense by the second half of the season. I do wonder, though, what we're in for early in the season with wins and losses. I mean, I, 
I think it's easy to think they're a great team and they're going to be 5-0 and or something. But I, I, as you noted earlier, Blair, I think there's a trap or two waiting earlier. Might be. Sam, I thought you had a good point in your minutes when you were breaking down the schedule that at least, at least on paper, they're not facing a quarterback who you would consider to be a – you know, an all-pro type of guy early, early on. Ooh, yeah, mm-hmm. with the 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 Claiborne-less games. Not that Claiborne yeah. is a, a savior, but yeah, it's the passing attacks. It's it's Jacksonville, Oakland, Detroit, and Denver. No, not no. Baltimore. 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 Yeah, yep. the third one. Yep. Yeah. So Matt Stafford's obviously got a howitzer, um, but you know, if if you're gonna miss. You know, and let's let's not overstate the importance of, of Claiborne, but I think I do think it's good to have like an adult in the room there, you know, as, as your number three or four, whatever he ends up being. Um, you know, if you're gonna miss some games, those are those are the ones you'd want to miss. Tom okay. Brady's gonna eat you up. Yes, if, he if is, that's especially in, in uh, yeah, Foxborough. Yeah. So uh, the Chiefs finished thirty second, by the way, in um, in third downs allowed last yeah. season and in their thirty first, their total defense, they gave up four hundred and five yards per game. I'm saying and this is a big ask. If you can remove one score per game, a field goal or a touchdown, and that, that's monumental, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's an average of you know, four, four and a half, five points. That, that's too, too much to ask. Maybe a, a score every other game to, on average, that changes everything about, totally. about this defense, especially the way that the Chiefs, um, with, with the Chiefs offense. All right, hey, before we get out of here, I wanted to, it was opening weekend of college football season. Some mixed results from the local 11s. Yeah. Uh, let's let's go with the most obvious one first. Missouri goes to Wyoming as a it was a double digit favorite. I, I don't remember where it settled. I think it went up though. I think it started at 14 and maybe went to 17 or something like that. I thought I saw 16, and I said that to uh, my friend and our friend, I think Stephen St. John, who would know such things, uh, and, and I think he said it got up to 18. Wow! Wow! Um, in the pantheon of Missouri, you know, flubs, <laughs> let's just keep it recent. Vahe, <laughs> where does losing at uh, at Wyoming rank? Well, it's pretty big in this sense. Barry Odom's done some really good things. I'm kind of a Barry guy. Um, Ten and two in November this has been his, his right. thing at Missouri, and now he's let's see, that makes him seven and. He's lost twenty, so seven and twenty otherwise. Is that right? Nineteen and so nineteen. Seven and nineteen. No, yeah. nine and twenty otherwise. Okay. We'll I work. Think that's on, right. We'll work it. It's bad. Anyway, it's, bad. it's not good, and and most of that has been in the form of terrible starts. Mm-hmm. So what's interesting about their schedule is they now have five home games in a row, starting with West Virginia. Starting this with weekend. West Virginia, but you want to have the feeling that this is stabilized and all moving in the right direction, and that you you can. You can have some traction to start the season, and this this sets them sets them back. I mean, they need to win a couple in a row at least to give you a feeling like okay, and that's too bad for the fan base. Boy, it really is. Um, Missouri, I, I, listen, I'm I'm not of that Missouri fan. I'm not of anybody's fan base really. Um, but if I'm if I'm a Missouri follower, I, I, I get I get. You know how hurt you were after that game. I totally understand it. And watching that game, how frustrating it was for Missouri to have three straight trips inside the five and come away with three points out of that because fumble the ball going in. Mm-hmm. Um, another, and then on the other turnover, they had a penalty that pushed them from the two to the seventeen, and then Kelly Bryant threw the interception in the end zone. Yeah. And there was a ten point swing just before halftime as. 
They're going into the end zone, uh, the fumble, and go, comes back for a field goal. I mean, it was just everything that could go wrong did go wrong for Missouri. Their rushing defense was terrible, mm-hmm. terrible in this game. And um, uh, Wyoming is a capable program coached by Craig Bowl, who who won national championship at North Dakota State. Missouri should have won the game. Missouri was the better team. They outgained Wyoming by 150 yards. And Kelly Bryant's passed for 427, a career high. But um, but stupid interception, and he lost a fumble as well. Uh, minus three in in, uh, in in turnovers for for uh, for Mizzou. Sam, that was that's a bad one. Yeah, there, there's no like encouraging way to lose a game where you're more than a two touchdown favorite, right? But um, you're right. Like there were some parts of this that were particularly excruciating, and and the the two things that stick out in my mind the most is the you just mentioned the Kelly Bryant end zone interception, um, the, and the fumble going in should is is in that category as well. Um, but also, this is a Wyoming, and no offense to Wyoming, but this is you know you're an SEC school, and Wyoming voluntarily goes one dimensional, and you can't do a thing about it. They Ooh. rushed for I think it was 297. Yeah, I passed was, for 92. Yeah, I think it ended up being 297 on the ground, and it was just they got whatever they wanted. On the ground, it's just how is that happen? Like that, that, that shouldn't be. I thought they were going to play better defense than that. I didn't know that um, that Kelly Bryant could get to 420, whatever it was, in the first game. You know, I, I just wonder if that might take a little bit of time. But um, just the 297. I, I, I thought they would play better defense than that. Yeah. How about quick thoughts on on the victories by Kansas State? And Kansas in the debuts of Chris Kleiman and um, Les Miles, good start. I guess I expected I expected Kansas State to win. I was I was really impressed with the you know the way they they handled business yeah. in that game, and I just didn't know with Kansas because you just have never known with Kansas over the last decade. I, I think it kind of played out the way that you would have thought, right? Like maybe not. K State was probably a little bit more dominant than I would. I thought they'd win by twenty, thirty, like pretty easily, but. Uh, I mean, that was a shellacking. And they ran the ball something like 55 times, 58 times, something like that. It was just a physical domination up front. So why do you even – the rest of K-State's games I don't think are going to look like that. They're no, going to need this, more but, from Skylar Thompson. But this week against Bowling Green, I, I, I thought Nickel State was a better opponent for them than Bowling Green. The difference is now they, they, it's an 11 a.m. kick. You've got the excitement of the opener behind you. Yeah. Can they – muster the get it up again yeah yeah, yeah. so we'll see yeah and the the, the ku game um i thought that was kind of a 50 50 game and that's what it, it it ended up looking like i thought that um there's two big takeaways for me uh one is uh the biggest difference in that game was ku had a big advantage with their receivers against indiana state's secondary and that was how they won the game I don't know that that's going to exist in a lot of their other games. Um, they've got good receivers um, now. They, I mean, they've they've got legitimately like talented receivers, but let, they're let not going to have. Let me mention two of yep. them: Dylan Charlotte, who caught the touchdown pass, and Andrew yep. Parchment, who yep. was huge in this game. Both both, both transfers. Charlotte started at Alabama. At Alabama, right? Parchment, I think, was at Northern Illinois. Yeah, and both those guys were studs. I mean, yep. they, they controlled the game. Uh, the other part, and and this is to me the bigger encouragement from if, if you want to take it like this is I, I we've talked about this before I believe that this is very much a marathon and not a sprint for less miles and I, I think they're going to lose a lot of games this season but one thing that you just oh, okay that might matter is I think a David Beatty team 
folds it in after you give up the, the fumble and touchdown. Then it's 17-17 with, I think, four minutes left, something like that. I just think that, oh, okay, we've seen this. I, there might be something to it. You know, Carter Stanley, uh, nobody was uh, discussing, like, who the quarterback was going to be. And he had a hell of a game. And he marches him right down um, for the touchdown. I just That might matter. You know, if you're looking for encouragement, uh, encouraging signs, that might matter. But they were their total yards, I think, were under 300 against – a team that is yeah. picked third in the you know, Missouri Valley yeah. Conference, and so this week they play Coastal Carolina, which uh, which is being affected. We didn't mention this with the Jaguars, but Coastal Carolina also being affected by the hurricane uh, Dorian. So, um, Vahe, you weren't around, didn't get to see it, um, but uh, Kansas winning is just you don't say that often. <laughs> it's only like the twelfth time in however many years we say Kansas won a football game. That's unbelievable, that number you just said, like the 12th time in it, seven years. Yeah, it's something like it's ridiculous. It's, Sam, I think Sam's point is a really interesting and maybe telling point that the psychology of you know the fold, mm-hmm. right, which, which is, I think, the whole thing you got to play your way out of first. I mean, yeah, you want to get better physically. You want to have better guys coming in. Theoretically, right, they have decent recruits. Their yeah. pipeline's opening up. But – at some point, it's a mindset, and it's such coach speak, but it's really true. I have no doubt they're going to f- not fold, but they're going to they're going to lose a game like that ahead. But I think you can see now they have a one step back, two step forward. There, I I think that's the baseline for something. I really do. Yeah. It 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 says it doesn't have to be that way. Now it's a lesser opponent. There's all kinds of things that go into this, but. But it certainly beats the alternative and gives them a little something to, to work from. And they've been dealing with the alternative <laughs> for, for quite a while <laughs> over in Lawrence. All right, Vahe and Sam, thanks for stopping by, and we'll talk to you guys again soon. Thanks, All right, Links to the stories we discussed can be found in the show notes on KansasCity.com, Facebook.com slash Red Zone Extra, and the Red Zone Extra app. Thanks to producer Kathy Liu for putting together today's show, and and welcome back, Kathy. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, help us out by rating and reviewing Sportsbeat KC. We'd love to hear from you, and your review can help us reach more listeners. This has been Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Star's sports podcast, and we'll be back with another episode tomorrow. Thanks for listening.